It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! In, here in the BEA beautiful studios of Freedoms of the Nest, FreedomsPhoenix.com. Uh, I'm going to do that, man. Everybody gets all mad when I don't do it. James Corbett. James Corbett's on. You know, uh, Every Wednesday we try and do this, and I've been out of town uh, back in Northeast and traveling around and meeting with some activists and doing some stuff and kind of getting a beat on the future. So James and I have been talking off air quite a bit, and I'll tell you what it comes down to. James has been doing, the, you know, living and working in Japan and so forth. He starts um, his, his podcast, uh, Corbett Report, God, what was it, 07? And then I just saw the uh, 10-year anniversary with James Pilato, New World Next Week. And so you guys, I, but I remember those days back in the beginning when, you know, we built our first studio in 09, you know, right after the Levolution. We had the Levolution, we're going into that. We had the, uh, you know, with Ron Paul, we have the economy taking a dump. And for the same reason, same stuff, kick down the can down the road. Here we go again. Okay. It's coming here directly. Now, will he make it to, you know, 2020 election cycle before the bottom drops out? Maybe not. You know, Trump is going to, he, he embraces saying, I don't know why. Now, my thing is, is that uh, of all the stuff that you've done over the last month that I've been gone, that I've witnessed and talked to the guys about, that we've, uh, you know, been, uh, I spent a lot of time in New Hampshire where we're going to have the 2020 POTUS season's going to kick off. And as always, we have an opportunity to make sure what issues get discussed. Now, how... That's my thing, you know. I I got a bunch of house, but what I made you freaking look. That's my job. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> so what are we going to make them look at, James? I mean, the people you call the norm. Explain normies, okay? You're always saying the normies. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think you're being derogatory, but you know, it's you know, one, what's a normie, and two, what do you think they need to know this election cycle? Uh, this is just the 2.0 or maybe 3.0 of terminology that goes around in the alt media space. So we've heard for a long time about NPC. waking up. And then it was about red pill. You know, are, are you red pilled on this or that? Um, but at this point, I mean, it's just internet lingo. But normie, I think, is a good way to describe people who are still trapped in mainstream land and still watching the mainstream sources of news for their information. Does that make is, them normie? Does that make them normal? 
Uh, well, yeah. Regular or common. That's, that's the interesting part of that phrase, because normal sounds good as opposed to, you know, weird or something. But normie is, it's it's kind of the flipping of, of what they always do. Like, oh, you prepare for things? You're a prepper. And it's supposed to sound crazy. Like, ooh. You know, so now we'll take normal and make that sound crazy. Because normal in a crazy system is crazy, right? I'm, I'm, um, I... Yeah, I, I'm just, it's amazing one. I remember a scene from Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. And there was like, uh, and he goes, you know, how are things going there? You know, bouncer, and he had all their fights and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, you know, um, nothing I haven't been used to, but it's amazing what you get used to. And that's kind of how I feel on this. Yeah. They go, yeah, it's same old, same old, but that same old, same old is getting pretty freaking damn weird. And it's, you know, entire races are being, you know, exterminated or people going. I mean, it's just amazing. Do you think we're in a worse situation or better now for what's coming? Because I think I, I think there's going to be a, a big down. There's going to be a lot of people going to suffer a great deal. And whatever you got in the dollar ain't there anymore. So I'm just telling you, all my friends are retiring about now. And I go, man, get it out of your 401k. Get some pressure. Do what Patrick Byrne did. I cleared myself of any influence from the man. I'm not CEO overstock anymore. And I took my $90 million profit of what I got. And I bought gold and silver and some crypto piece out. Okay. Then he writes to his employees. He says, don't worry about it. When things are going to get bad, and when they do, you're going to have a ready, easy source of capital is going to take care of you. And when it goes bad, I bet it on the other stuff that's going to go up. So we're going to be good. This is, depends how you look at it. What do the normies need to know, James? It's an excellent question, and I think you're right to focus in on the economics, because I think the economics is going to be one of the deciding factors in this 2020 cycle, the way it was in 2008, but not obviously to the benefit of the average person out there, because back in 2008, you'll remember, it was shortly after Ron Paul got eliminated from the selection circus that suddenly the Lehman collapse and all of this brings exactly Ron Paul's points into the wheelhouse of the selection circus and who's left on the stage Obama and McCain yeah. my god and of course they do their staged you know appearances together we'll stop campaigning and we'll make joint appearances to uh, rally the economy blah 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 and we all know where that led oh no I tell you I, another thing here in Arizona when that happened the tarp came up you know the rip me off money program or whatever the hell it was when they yeah. did that um the only time I've done like maybe five polls on the site, I have the capability to put a poll up for people. I rarely use it because it gets, you know, jacked all the time. So like the first 200 people, boom, I stop it. I put it up or first half day and I go, how many moments do you think is going to pass <laughs> before they reintroduce this thing? You know, I go a day, three days, a week. It's already written. I mean, that kind of thing. It was John Shattig that was a congressman here in Arizona that I had ran against three times, okay? And his whole thing was, yeah, we're getting it again and again. Somebody had to bring it back. He brought it back to be passed, and it passed immediately. That was all BS. It was all planned. They already had a time. Then he gets a fellowship at the Goldwater Institute, which is a Cato thing. I'm going, how in the hell did that happen? money yeah. 
So I'm just, yeah. this is so corrupt on so many, national, we have big signs that national socialization of the economy isn't fascist when I do it. John S.S. Shattuck, okay? <laughs> I go, I will brand his ass. He ain't never running for office again. And he pulled out of the next race. But he got paid one way or another. Mm-hmm. So what is going to be the next thing? They're going to do something like this again. What yeah. do you think you're going to get away with? remember how that played out. The first time they tried to pass TARP and it didn't go through. And then the I think that was when the Dow dropped the 666 points or whatever. Right. Anyway, there was a big dramatic drop in one day. It's like, oh, look, what will happen to the economy now, if you don't Tuesday. pass our banks for bailout? <laughs> so it passed the second time, of course. Yeah. And uh, that... That story needs to be revisited and retold and gone through because precisely because I think we're going to live through some sort of version of that. And probably if they're going to pull that trigger, it will be during the 2020 selection circus, because that's one of the big things up the sleeve of the real deep state, not this fake left, right nonsense deep state that people talk about. Oh, it's the lefties who are against Trump. No, it's the real power structure against everyone else. And uh, that does not include probably anyone who's listening to this broadcast. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, so that will be you ain't in going it. ahead. I think another one that has the potential to be an issue, and let's put it this way, we're sitting, sitting here strategizing and gaming out what could be issues if we press them and make them into issues. I will. You get me election. motivated. I will make a James Corbett issue. You tell me what it is and convince me it's a good thing. Boom. I get I It going to be an issue, James. So hook me up, man. Well, there's three that come to mind for me. One is the economics. Second is the uh, the big tech censorship and all of that. There's clearly something there that you can play on with the left-right divide and all of that. You can play into that phoniness to get some real info about the way information is being controlled. And then the third one would be health-related. GMOs and vaccines and other such issues, which are absolutely verboten in polite, normie conversation, but which a lot of people are on board with. And I think we need to demonstrate that this is not some fringe topic that you'll be castigated from polite society forever for broaching. And there are a number of pressure points that I know you've been working on with the Vaccine Education Summit and other things. So I think there's some great ways to broach that conversation. I was at a a party um, in New Hampshire a couple weeks ago, and uh, one of the good activists I respect a great deal came up to me and he had these like cards, you know, they're glossy to side printed, you know, somebody made them up and it was, you know, some statement on vaccines. And then on the back, it had details and all this kind of it was an educational thing. And then he had buttons and all this other stuff. And I'm going, wow, cool. You go, yeah, we know you're into this. You know, we get, you know, we appreciate all the stuff you do. And here's some stuff that we had. So I sent that a picture of it. I took, put, laid them all out, took a picture of them, sent them to the activist. Oh Yeah. That's so-and-so's what you call it from what I go, we need to share this stuff with me. You know, what the hell you guys think I'm doing here? You know, I need to know about. Well, they're planning on something in New Hampshire for the POTUS 2020 election cycle. So I go, if you guys are really into this, I got the, you know, the videos that just got finished. We're going to be posting and making a big deal out of that. We got big banners, vaccine education, some at all nice with a big QR code that goes directly to the videos. So that logo, the vaccine education summit with a QR code that goes to all the videos is the sign. Woohoo! Man, I'm going to get the information. Oh, and I got a bunch of DVDs. So this is going to be how we're going to, uh, one of the things that we're going to be pressing. And I'm going to demonstrate, like you say, 
Is it a real issue you can talk about without being conspiracy, tinfoil hat, whatever? Of course not. They're going to be calling you all kinds of tinfoil, whatever. I don't care. And what happens is a lot of the people don't care either. And this is something that I have started to realize even over just the last year or so. There are certain personality types. You aren't going to get them to say or do anything. But there's, you know, there's people like James and me and others that you know go out there and do stuff and say and have the confidence and self-esteem and was breastfed until you know 15 or something. I mean, I, I have no idea what it was. But the point is, is that what other people say and the authorities and the guys with the mic and they look all and they're going to tell you what's up and the babe with the long legs and the cleavage that's got a microphone don't mean squat to us, and it's going to be manifest in this election cycle by so many people that were inspired by you and a lot of the stuff that you've done because they feel informed and they have a mechanism by which to share it, which is what Freedoms Phoenix is going to start emphasizing. So I'm going, I, I already see it. They're always like, Ernie, how did you know? I'm like, how did you not know? I know this is coming in this cycle, and they top it off a little frosting, of the economy takes a dump, oh, it's on. So I don't know what comes after, though. So what do they need to know? You know, the, it, there's no credibility by the government agencies anymore. There's no respect for, you know, law enforcement's going to be stupid. You know, the military's going to be doing stupid stuff. Trump's going to be, everybody's going to be stupid. You know, and they're not going to address what really is a solution, just be free. When that happens, people should know what to prepare how. To be ready for the next. Do we redo it? Like Mark Victor, my partner on the Freedom Summit. Ernie, you crazy. You crazy. We got to have, we're always going to have courts and this and that and so on. So we got to just like kind of fix it from the inside kind of thing. I've heard this a bunch. I need you to monologue me, man. Make me feel better. (laughs) Well, on the economic side of things, I've talked about this a lot. And I will put the the links when I post this conversation up to my site, I will put the links to all the different articles and things I've done about the solutions for decentralizing our economic transactions, i.e. our our interactions with all the people around us, decentralizing that as much as possible before they pull the plug, because after they pull the plug, it's too late. At that point, if you're not ready, you're going to be at the mercy of the jackbooted thugs who will come in and will have a solution. That's one of the things that we have to know about this. They're not just going to pull the plug and hope for the best. No, they have this plotted out and they've already been laying it out in white papers at the Bank for International Settlements and uh, its various uh, sub-branches uh, over the years. The, the bail-ins and all of the different stages that they're going to go through to make sure that they have control of everything. Like back in the 30s when they confiscated all the gold and then then the gold uh, went up in value, of course, because they don't want you to be in on it in the exact same way that's going to play out in the next why? major. Why? Why Why are we a th- are We just, you know, we don't want the, the little people getting pissed because it makes us look bad. They don't care. You know, I, I want to. But this is the system. It is the shearing of the sheep. You grow the economy, get the calf all fatted, then you slaughter the calf and eat it. And that's what they're going to do to all of the wealth that has been created over the past 10 years of nonsense, which is demonstrable nonsense since the Lehman collapse and the record stock market after record stock market. And hey, did you hear this? The stock market just did a new record this week. And even as they're already pricing in the third rate cut in a row from the Fed, 
which they're expecting next week. And if that doesn't come, that could be one of the triggers for a huge pullback that could start. You know, the, the there was one stat. We had a lot of guys just, you know, since I got back, like uh, we had um, well, a lot of guys, you know. And um, one of them was Gerald Salente uh, this morning or yesterday. And, of course, he's been going on about what needs to be done. And it's going to be local. And it's going to be quality. And it's going to be craftsman. And it's going to be, you know, a totally different mindset. And I got – Donna got – uh, delivery from Walmart groceries today. I go, wow, they deliver groceries? Yeah, for seven bucks. They do. I go, okay. And they send a little magazine. It's like a you know catalog. Crap, 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 crap. Chinese crap, crap. Disney, Disney crap, crap, crap. Holy crap. I wouldn't even, hell, I, it's more for burning the, the magazine than any of the crap in here. So I'm just like, oh, this stuff sucks. But this is the one thing that really caught me. Of all the things I come across, it kind of just made me go EBGB. Economy's taking a dump. RV manufacturers are, you know, in the dumps. It's a leading indicator of you're not doing whatever. But as a percentage of income that families have, it has the biggest increase has been for recreational vehicles. And I go, and I said, I know why, too. Why do you think? I'm assuming people are getting their bug outs ready. Exactly. I'm thinking that, you know, even though RV sales are down, you know, as a percentage of diverted income, the disposable income, where they're putting the highest thing shocked them. They're all going, whoa, RVs. And I go, I know exactly why. Because they be getting ready because they see what's happening. They went through this a decade ago. They already know how this ends. So what do you think uh, preparation for Japan is going to be? Yeah, excellent question. I'd like to say in some respects that um, we're better prepared for economic calamity here in the sense that there's still a societal cohesion here. There are still extended families that take care of each other and there are communities that take care of each other more so than I think from what I can observe of the United States from afar. What do I know? I don't live there day to day, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, societal (coughs) tension there that doesn't exist here. However, we are on the front line of the debt bubble um, with the largest debt-to-GDP ratio. Yeah, well, when I've world. been hearing about this for, God, 20, 30 years, man. When the hell is yeah. that going to pop? It is It is exactly right. 30 years since the, well, almost 30 years since the popping of the, uh, the 80s bubble here. And the fact that the government would not let the banks that should have died, die. They kept them on life support. They would, so there's all the zombie banks that are kept alive by government life support that shouldn't exist, that have fed into basically every area of society. So you have extremely low unemployment here in Japan, but as uh, James Evan Pilato observed when he was here, it's just a lot of people being employed for just absolute nonsense make work. Seven guys directing traffic around a little traffic cone in the streets, you know, that uh, it's just nonsense Are they employed by what? The government? Municipalities? Uh... Uh, so government contracts, construction contractors, and that sort of thing. Um, so it does ultimately come down from the government, but it's uh, filtered through all the uh, mafia-controlled con- uh, construction firms. And the Yakuza gets all, their share. Okay, exactly. Get They're all, all right. getting a cut. And then the policemen retire at the end of their career, and then they get a job. Uh, in a cushy, you know, golden parachute from some mafia-connected construction company. I mean, it's it's all connected. You know, here, um, this is one debate that I could see kind of distilled into two areas. One, uh, my friend Bob Anderson, he's retired and on vacation, but he's been working more than anything else. And uh, he's a pilot, had a plane, he's looking to buy another plane. His sons are learning to fly, and I go, flying cars, man, 
You know, we're driving all the way across country. I'm going, this is, this is, this sucks. You know, I, I want a flying car, get a flying car. Nope, never going to get a flying car. Never, 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 never. They'd be sheet metal and corpses just raining down on the cities. Blah, 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 blah. Right? So I'm going, whatever. You know, so there'll be some form of aerial, more mobility, but it, it, it probably have a, you know, robot doing it, make him happy. Then, um, and people are dumb, dumb, dumb. You know, there's going to be a lot of problems that'll happen. Derek, however, he goes, you know, I've seen people that when they have to live in the van down by the river and, you know, they're, they're not, there's no entitlements to get, they get creative. What they've been doing is getting creative, getting on the welfare. And I remember when my son was in second grade, we pulled our, all four of our kids out of government schools when they were, you know, my oldest was in third grade. And the reason was is that he figured out that he could make his day if he did his homework Tuesdays and Thursdays because you didn't make your day if you went a second day without doing your homework. He goes, well, I just got to do homework on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'm going, do I punish him for gaming the system? I just get him the hell out, okay? So that's what happened, and that's what I'm seeing. So Derek is like of the opinion, you know, when they can't get anywhere else, they get creative. People will be, so I'm going, what do you think it's going to be? There's going to be sheet metal and corpses, or are there going to be people, you know, they rise to the challenge? Uh, I'd like to think the uh, latter. Um, I, you know, it's an interesting part about human nature is that maybe like water, it will always find the path of least resistance somehow. It will always find a path from point A to point B. It's just how is it going to get there? And it will probably be whatever will be the easiest and laziest way to do it. But at any rate, it will find that path, which is something, right? And when it comes to uh, what, you know, the, the work that we're expected to do or anything else. But uh, on top of that, there are the people who always rise to the challenge and who present new ways of doing things. And uh, I think the you know, the flying car city of the future kind of thing. I, I think that is a possibility, but only if we create it rather than waiting for the man to come down and hand it to us. Uh, you, this isn't going to come from Apple Corporation or, you know, the government or some combination thereof. It's going to come from human ingenuity, people who are just going to blaze that trail. You know, the E-Hang 184 that Dubai had, it was a little drone that, you know, they were testing and you call it with your smartphone and all that. It was a Chinese guy that a friend of his was killed in a helicopter accident. And he just, like, made it. You know, he goes, I can do it. You know, it was a lawnmower engine. I mean, you know, he just started making it and doing it. He was a smart guy. And God forbid you're in China somewhere. There's some other smart geek, you know, in the high-tech something somewhere. And that's where that, that story on that is exactly what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm not waiting on them anymore, you know. And I haven't, since I did the... You know, the uh, carbon nanotube thing with the nickel iron battery, I could tell where it was going. You know, they were going to try and patent carbon. And I'm like, no, no, hell no. I went down that path. I call it quantum reality. If I take one step towards it, it just starts happening. It's everywhere. Oh, airship. Did you see the story on the solar-powered airship? Oh, Oh, it's big. They're doing it. They're doing it. And that doesn't, you know, discount uh, Sergey Brin building his, you know, so yeah. it's good. Big cargo ship. So I sent that around. Who's there, doing it? Uh, I don't know. You know, are, are you got your computer uh, yep. there just to um, solar powered airship. You know, it'll probably blow up all over the place. Solar powered airship. Let's see what I get from DuckDuckGo. Uh, the greatest, the gigantic Chinese airship. 
this gigantic Chinese airship flies on solar power for six months at a time. That was from 2015. I'm assuming no, that's not what you're talking about. The, um, uh, let's well, look for the past. Yeah, I should have had it you know, pulled up here. Just hit news. Hit the news thing. Yeah. But, uh, solar powered air conditioning. Solar power Solar powered dot 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 airship cargo mover. Zeppelins, the rigid airships most famously epitomized by the Hindenburg, now seem kind of retro rather than the image of futurity they represented in the 30s. But they could be about to make a comeback in a big way, courtesy of a new aluminum-shelled solar-powered airship that's being built by the UK-based company Varialift Airships. Yeah, Varialift, that's it. Oh, Alan Handley, the airship will be capable of making a transatlantic flight from the UK to the US, consuming just 8% of the fuel of a regular airplane. It'll be powered by a pair of solar-powered engines and two conventional jet engines. But how long will that trip take? That's what I want to know. Uh, faster than the Titanic, and it won't sink. You know? Well, I mean, you know, Hindenburg on air, right? You know, he was saying, I, I remember in the article, it said something like half the speed of a 747. I go, what? The thing's going to go 300 miles an hour? Holy crap. It's got a jet engine yeah. on it. I mean, you know, so, and it doesn't have wings to drag it. So it's, uh, you know, it's just a big body. It's like a 747 without, well, it's bigger than that. But, I mean, you see my point? This is yep. coming, James. I'm telling yep. you. There it is, the precariat. I mean, you know, you guys could just get over it and start understanding it be a coming. What shall we do? So this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future, and I just need to get the monkeys off our back. But it's not really on the back. It's on the back of our cortex. I mean, it's, it's, it's here. The revolution's between the ears. And I emphasize this every time. Your videos and the confidence that you put in this kind of information, the effort that you did in the research so that it can be, you know, un, unchallengeable, and you go, here it is, decide and think for yourself. I have been so thankful and why I do my best to make sure your stuff is there forever, because if it's not, I don't get to use it, and I need it. So this is, um, what are you thinking about the future of tech, you know, for what you're doing, and how you're doing on storage of material and all that kind of stuff? Actually, I was just talking about this on New World Next Week, because this is a point that I can see. I, I It's one of those things I know. I see this developing, and I don't think other people see it in the same way, and I want to share this. The future of tech is increasingly, as uh, James Evan Pilato puts it, towards making all of our devices into vending machines, so that we have the choice of buying this, or you can buy this. Push this button to buy something kind of thing, and that's all your devices will be. Uh, the idea of you having an actual physical desktop computer with your own storage to, uh, hard drive that you choose how to control and what to do with it is going the way of the dodo. It's increasingly going to be, you know, these iPods or other kinds of fondle slabs that you have less and less control over and that uh, even the jacks and import, you know, it'll all be the, you know, Apple <coughs> lightning jack or whatever. They're taking out the headphone jacks so that you have to buy all Apple. Oh, that may be for the normies. But what about you? And uh, well, and 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 let me just paint that picture a little further because the idea that we're going to have physical devices that we are physically inputting in is going to go the way of the dodo. There's going to be wearables and hearables and things that are in, woven literally into the fabric of our clothing and what have you, so that we don't even it just becomes a part of the fabric of our reality. It's I I, I have to find the way to paint the picture. The point is, I think the rallying cry for the 21st century should be you'll pry this keyboard from my cold, dead hands. Because 
at the point at which our devices, are, we don't even have physical control over them. That's the point at which they are controlling us. And that's the scary part. So you mean thought typing or something? Your uh, uh, brain it's interface, not, it, Neuralink? It's hardly typing. I, I did a video recently about uh, searching and w what people are missing about the problem of not being able to search for something. Because every time I do a video about you can't, you know, you can't find my Federal Reserve documentary, for example, um, people will say, well, yeah, but if I type in Century of Enslavement, Federal Reserve by James Corbett, you know, in, in quotation marks, I can find it on the 47th page of results or something. That is not the point. The point is that in the future, you will not be typing and you will not be choosing and honing and scrolling through search results, you're going to be talking to a device and you're going to say, you know, show me a video about the Federal Reserve. And it's going to come up with maybe three or four recommendations. You know, bing, you can watch this or this or this. You're not going to be sitting there scrolling and refining your search. Um, it's going to be choosing it for you. And Memory hole. Technology is going to be. Okay. What was the guy's name in 1984 that was uh, the star? Watson, Wilson? Winston Smith. What, what was it? Winston Smith. Winston. Okay, God. I was thinking about the IBM Watson. If they had the same name, <laughs> I was going to freaking blow a gasket. Anyway, so, so this is, um, in my estimation, exactly what's coming. But just like people are starting to go now to flip phones, you know, I'm I'm getting dumb as far. I don't mind having a smartphone. I need, you know, when I need, but I don't need it on my hip 24-7. I'm not, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm starting to pull away from it. You know, you don't catch me. I don't dare Johnny on the spot answering my phone all the time. So I'm just like, now because it's usually telemarketer now anyway. But, you know, I, I just, I'm just kind of starting to push away a little bit, even though we have a lot of this tech that we use. But I am definitely... And have been for years advocating, making use of, and pushing the fact that we hold our data, that we yes. have the server underneath yes. our desk. Because that's that another part of this. They are going to, they're starting to take away hard drive, hard disk space. That's going to be more and more something that you don't need because it's all in the cloud. And trust us, you know, the, the data will be there when you need it. Unless, you know, like Amazon, literally with 1984, there was an unauthorized edition of 1984 up on Kindle. So when they discovered that, they just erased it. <laughs> literally, 1984 was memory hold off of Kindle. And so a bunch of people, they, they got credit back into their account. You know, they, they, they got paid back for the, the price of it. But suddenly, 1984 was gone from all these people's Kindles. Which that is, is the future. amazing that that would yeah. happen. God did that for us. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Some I mean, deity. exactly. This. That, I read, I read the, um, I got my first Kindle years ago, got like eight, nine or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. And uh, I actually read the instruction manual on a plane. I'm going, okay, fine, you know, let's do this. So I go through it. And in there, it says whenever you do a book link or, I mean, or a, a mark, you know, bookmark, you go, yeah, this or page or how, all that's recorded. What you think is interesting. If they had a bunch of books that I had written yeah. in my early 20s, yeah. I would highlight lines. Yeah, I would, exactly. I would, don't, I'd put a little Kindle, dog ear. On Kindle, it'll even tell you, you know, uh, it'll, it'll highlight things before you even read it. It'll highlight things and tell you, you know, 311 other people highlighted this section or something like uh, that. Well, how do they know that? Of course, because you're sending that data back. To so them. when they did, I go, they could, and I, and then I just, Stopped using it immediately because they were tracking everything I read and they could, you know, take it off and how you got it on, how it came off. And I go, never mind, never freaking mind. 
So these devices, there's a retro, just like the Atari's got 101 of the past whatever games that I get my ki- grandkids sit there and play 8-bit whatever the hell because, you know, you know, PS4, I had to be logged in to play a game, and I'm like, they can suck it. We're taking this some bitch back, and I and we did. I just, oh, that just pisses me off for a lot of the right reasons. And so now we're going to our own data. So we're doing our best to make sure your stuff does never go away. So we got you taken care of there, and we're expanding it and doing better, and we're probably going to be turning on a bunch of subscriber stuff that we haven't done before in 15 years. We started in, yeah, in 05. And so 14, 15 years, we haven't really had a subscription level of different stuff, but it's gotten to the point now that we need to, one, because, you know, revenue and makes, you know, money and stuff as always uh, helps. But the big thing is, is we need to be a tool to people so we can share your stuff at the right time to the right people in the right place. And the activism, we, I love QR codes. If we'd had QR codes back in the yeah. day, I would have messed some yeah. crap up, man. So we're going to yeah. have some fun. 2020 POTUS election cycle. The issues are vaccine education, you know, on this, you know, pro anti, whatever, know what the hell's going on. There is uh, uh, the technology you're worried about. You're like, yeah, keep it, you know, decentralized down to the individual and uh, the economics of what's coming. So those That's are the it. three. Yeah, Already so. on it, man. <laughs> So we're on the same page. You got anything else for me? You let me know. Go ahead and give out your sites real quick before you go. Corbett, report.com, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. All the stuff is there for free download. Please use it. Please spread the information. That's the way that it will work from now on because, uh, unfortunately, none of the game systems that have been given to us are going to be recommending this information to anyone anymore. No, we we redid the um, uh, search engine. Uh, It still needs some little tweaking, but it's a gazillion times better on Freedom's Phoenix because you would go to Google and you couldn't find it. You go to start page, you go to DuckDuckGo, you go to pre you go all these others, because a lot of them kind of feed off Google same way, some kind of crap anyway. But the point is, they didn't have it. You know, the stuff is gone. We, we were fine because fifty. we have over three, 400,000 entries on Freedom's Phoenix. 15 years of this stuff, the chronology, and I find stuff on my own site better than Google. How jacked up is that? Okay? Yeah. They're That's doing the way something. It works now. The way yeah. it works. James Corbett, thecorbettreport.com. Thank you, James. Look forward to seeing you again, man. All right. Thank you. Peace.